It's Monday, 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 because it's not Monday anymore. Because Brent Lidicky joins us. Hi, Brent. It's Monday. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> okay, so all of the good things happen on GoodThingsGuy.com. Brent, you have the best job in the world. I don't know if you know this yet. I kind of feel like I do. Like I wake up in the morning going, "Yeah, you got a good job. You got a really good job." Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's it's fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so first things first, I have missed you. Um, I'm sorry we didn't record last week. I think it was my fault this time. I don't remember. You would, I think you were doing the drive show. Uh, maybe, probably. I don't know. I don't know I don't what know. year we're in. So I don't know. It's it's um it's the fifth year of 2020. <laughs> yes, but this is going to be the best best year of 2020 because we're going into December. And yeah, I can really feel it. Um, oh. the the weather this past weekend was just so magical. I was sitting around by the pool, mm. uh, daytime drinking. Um, we've also Danny, we've got this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful jacket that's just off it's not in our property but just over the hedge you can see this beautiful purple tree and then i know that summer's here or summer's on its way or we're welcoming summer no i'm ready hey and you know what this year has been so difficult for so many people but at least we have south african summer at the very Mm. least we have the sunshine everything is green and beautiful and everything is going to start feeling better now no matter what. I agree. I think it already does. Yeah. I think it already does. For sure. And it definitely feels better every morning. So I've said this before, but I get up, I've been getting up super, super early at like six and Brent gets up even earlier to post the first good news story of the day on Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook and everywhere. And it is the best part of my day. You get up in the morning, the sun is oh, already dad. up, the birds are singing, you can smell summer, and then you look on your phone and it's just good news. So this is just like a good vibe. Good vibes. Good vibes. Okay, so, but from good vibes, I wanted to talk about something, Brent, that I saw um, on the weekend on Instagram that really affected me. And I don't know why it affected me because I, I wasn't a super follower of this person um i didn't i didn't love him but i i did follow him and i did i did know of him um there's a social media influencer who died of covid and used his last post to warn people about it and this has hit me so hard and i don't know why so i'll tell you why it 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 hit me. I found out about the story on Sunday. His name's, I'm going to say it completely wrong because he's Ukrainian, but his name's Dmitry Stazhak. I think that's how you would say it. Stazhak, maybe. Yeah. Um, and he was only 33 years old uh, when he passed away. But what happened is um, a day before he passed away, he posted on his Instagram about his... Um, journey with COVID and it was the first time that he had ever spoken about COVID and it was the only time that he'd ever put something out about COVID. So he wasn't like a spokesperson for the coronavirus. He's just an influencer with a million followers Mm. from from the Ukrainian area and he was all about fitness and health. But what had happened is something got lost in translation. And the media houses over the weekend were having a field day with their headlines that were calling him a COVID denier. They were saying uh, fitness influencer dies of Corona after not believing in it. Um, So they created this narrative uh, 
around him not um, not believing that COVID was real. But that wasn't it at all. Um, and I saw these posts being shared all across Facebook with people almost laughing at the fact that an influencer who didn't believe in COVID had died, which is, that is tragic in itself. Like, what is wrong with us as human beings that you can forsake a life like that and, and turn it into a joke? So I did a bit of reading and I went onto his Insta and I read the translation from, from Ukrainian to English and I took it for what it was in the context yeah. He never ever said, I don't believe in COVID. What he did say is that he never believed that he would get it because he was so healthy. Yep. So it was almost like it didn't exist for him. And in that last post that he put up, and it was the first and only time again that he spoke about COVID, he just said, I want to put out a warning that if, that if someone as fit as me can get sick, then you can as well. And, and you know, that's, we wrote the article on Good Things Guy because I just felt like that story needed to be told as well. You know, and that's the thing. We are constantly trolling and fighting each other on the internet. But also, even in English, the things that we write don't necessarily mean what you read them to be. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's so subjective. So I could write something that seems perfectly safe and kind and friendly to me but someone will read it and either out of their own doing twist the words because they want to draw or it just lands wrong for someone else because they're going through something or they're yeah. triggered by something and i just think that in 2020 if we if we learn one thing by the end of this year which is not far away it's that we need to read and then reread and then maybe walk away and then comment agreed i, I agree for yeah, I was, I was just going to say, and another another point that I think I think a lot of people could could learn in 2020 is that sometimes what you've read is not a fact, <laughs> and it's more of an opinion, yeah. and it's very scary how quickly opinions can become facts. So we put up that article explaining now that this is this is what he said. Um, the mainstream media were clickbaiting. They, they wanted you to click on the headline yeah. and they got it right. But what they also did is they made you formulate an opinion about this person without knowing a full story. And I never, ever argue online because I, I don't find it. Um, mm. It's not great for my mental wellness. No. So I just avoid it completely. But a woman took me on today and she said that my article was wrong because all of his Instagram posts said that he was a COVID non-believer. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, it's so interesting as to how she's gotten to that yeah. opinion that's become fact. Yeah. Because you can physically go onto his Instagram and there's no mention of COVID ever. Yeah. This was the first time. Yeah. But that's, that's the problem, right? Is that everyone's allowed an opinion except the person who's posting yeah, um, look except, at that. Except the person who's writing the article, the person who's done the research for an actual article on an yeah. actual website. Um, you're not allowed an opinion, but everyone else is. And I think but that, we, all, I, I, we all need to realize that if you're allowed an opinion, so am I. And don't fight me on yeah. it. If you don't agree with it, read it and carry on. 
totally. And I, you know, it takes it takes a lot um, for you to scroll over something that you disagree with. But I, that's something that we could also learn in 2020. Is not everything has to. You don't have to arrive at every conversation. Um, mm. You can just move along and and protect your own mental wellness. You know, be kind to yourself as well. Yeah, I saw I saw something else before we move on to the next article. Um, it was a meme, I think, on Facebook or Twitter, uh, or Instagram. I don't have Twitter, and it said, um, "Normalize not sharing something about yourself if when someone else is sharing something that's like the same." Mm, that's um, big. I'm just like, yes, let's not do that. Let someone else share their story and done, and just go, oh wow, or oh my gosh, that was terrible. Not like, oh, also me though, like this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great lesson. I'm going to carry that through the week. Mm, it's very difficult when you start doing it. I did it this weekend. Very difficult not not to go, oh, wow, also listen, like also me. It's very yeah. Difficult. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take that on board, Danny. I'm glad. Okay, cool. So we're both being better people. Um, and speaking of amazing people, uh, you know, I'm a book nerd. Hey, I love a good book. I love a good library. It's where I go when I want to just shut out the world. I go to the bookstore or the library. And we have some really incredible libraries in this country. And if you haven't look, gone and looked at them, next time you're in another town or another another area, another another province, go to the library because libraries smell amazing and the Joburg Library is incredible. Durban Library is incredible. Um, even the Springs Library is really good. But one of our librarians has been recognized as one of the top 50 librarians in the world. How, what? Yeah. Wow. Just, just mad, mad, mad. So I, I think I'm going to almost put a proviso here because libraries are so much more important in in vulnerable communities and and in countries like South Africa because a lot of children will find a library to be a safe space. Mm -hmm. So they can literally go and get their schoolwork done. They can um, do research on the computers. They can experience new ideas. They can get lost in wonderful stories. And it just takes them away from the hard lives that they have. So our libraries are so important in South Africa. And to see um, Mtate Lesele, to see him recognized, uh, it just, you know, it's like a little pat on the back that what the work that they do matters. Because I can also think that when somebody might think of a library, they might think that's old school. Like I've got a Kindle now, bruh. But, <laughs> but in actual fact, libraries are, they're the cornerstones of a healthy community. And they're so important, um, especially in South Africa. So yeah, um, Matate, he scooped the honor of being the only South African among the top 50 librarians in the world wow. to edit articles to in a Wikipedia editathon. Um, it was all virtual, so I'm not sure exactly what they had to do, but um, they were they were editing the quality of content on Wikipedia. So Basically, um, they were making sure that the stuff that we're reading online uh, is is correct. That's um, secretly that's one of my favorite things to do to pass the time. I edit Wikipedia articles for fun. It's really what? Yeah, anyone can do it. But I love that they've turned this into like a, a challenge and a competition, and they're recognizing the people that do it all the time and do it really, really well. This is yeah, this is awesome. 
Well, Mtate, so he's written children's books um, over the lockdown. Yeah, over the lockdown, he was also doing um, reading for kids. So you could, if you had data or whatever, because the libraries were closed. So um, if you had data, you could log on and he would read uh, children's storybooks to the kids uh, in different languages. Um, yeah, and he's working on the website for the Brixton Library right now um, to make it faster and more convenient for the public to, to get hold of libraries. So I think the work that he's that he does is just very important and future forward. He's thinking about the future. One hundred percent. And libraries are important. I, I've got to, I've got to say this. Libraries are so important. Books are keys to wisdom's end. And we were mm. just talking about trolling each other and not having the facts and and not like not understanding things properly. And even if you know, and the beautiful thing about a book is, even if you read a Mills and Boons, right? It doesn't matter what you're reading. Even if it's quotes unquote not so great, like Fifty Shades of Grey. Any kind yeah. of historical thing in any book has to be factual. It has to have some factual basis. So whether yep. you're reading Fifty Shades or whether you're reading the Iliad, you are learning. And that is, for me, the most important thing. So just read, man. Read a real book. Read a Kindle. Read on your iPad. It doesn't matter where you read. Just read. Just read. I love that. Just I love read. that. Okay. I want to, this, this one I saw on the website and this is very important for me because, you know, I, I, I talk about mental illness a lot on my show. Um, I I struggle with anxiety and lockdown, I think has brought all of these things and more to the fore for people that maybe also hadn't struggled, but we went from like being super open and super okay with being not okay to a group of people on Instagram and Facebook going, no, 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 no. You must eat right. You must exercise. You must drink right. You must do this. You must do that. You must do this. And you must just be like this perfect person. And then your mental well-being will be better. But what I'm seeing is a lot of people are trying to do that. And then they're frazzling out because it's too much on top of this, this isolation, this lockdown, this everything. And, um, you in this article you say society needs a mind shift to understand what being quote unquote whole is and what role our mind plays in our basic functioning our bodies and our performance so the international focus this month october is mental health we're supposed to be speaking up about mental health and and you know normalizing having conversations about it the reality is pre-lockdown i don't believe many people were Danny, you were doing it, and that, that's because you were using your platform to help others. Yeah. But in reality, it's almost frowned upon. Like, you're to, to open up about your mental health, it's like there's something wrong with you. Yeah, you're Except mental health is like cutting your finger, and this might be the worst analogy ever. But if you cut your finger, you're going to need to either get stitches or you're going to need it to get fixed, or you're going to need help to, to put a, the plaster on. And, and if you don't ask someone, then you're not going to get that help. But we're not embarrassed about a cut finger. No. So why are we embarrassed about our mental health? Uh, you, this, this for me is the most, uh, it's, I don't understand it either, because you, know, you break your arm and you have people sign your cast. When your brain breaks a little bit, However, however much, little or, or much it breaks. We don't talk about it because it means that we are broken. But you are no less broken than when you break your arm and everyone signs your cast, which is kind of like a badge of honor. Do you know what I'm saying? It's exactly, it's exactly the same thing. And w- talking about it normalizes it and it makes it okay. And it makes it okay yep. for people who aren't okay to be out in the world and to go, listen, guys, I'm, I'm not okay with this. I'm going to go home or yeah. I can't come because I'm not in a good space. 
And yeah. it doesn't mean that people are going to feel sorry for you. It's just that people are going to understand. No, 100%. So, um, yeah, the article really goes in depth into what lockdown means for our mental wealth, uh, mental health, and, and sort of this removal of our norm- normality. The, the, our security's gone. Our, our businesses, we're losing loved ones. There's all this stuff that's happened. Um, our mental health has been brought to the forefront. Yeah. In the same breath, it's a good thing because I find that it's easier to talk about it and also to deal with it. So prime example, I was on a WhatsApp group for a project that I was working on during lockdown um, with a whole bunch of other influencers and the clients and, and all sorts of things. And um, the client was speaking to us in that WhatsApp group. But then on top of that, I was getting messages like privately in a private. And it just got too much for me. It, it was like my, my mental health couldn't take the noise on my phone mm-hmm. and having to constantly be in touch on one, one conversation in two places. And to, to put it into perspective, that's one project I'm working on like... 22 at a time. Yeah. So it's it's very busy and I need to control um, what it is that I can control. Yeah. So I actually wrote the client uh, quite a long WhatsApp. And I just said to them, unfortunately, I'm going to remove myself from the group. Um, it's not integral for me to be there. And I don't want to mute you guys if I miss something. Um, but I would rather remove myself and then know that the conversations that, w- that we are having is meaningful and purposeful and I can do the work from there, but my mental health cannot deal with the noise from that WhatsApp group. And my client responded going, I fully understand. Don't worry about it. Love. I love, 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 love. Cause there's always that worry, right? The client or the person that you're saying this to is going to turn around and go, but we need you or, but you can't or, or whatever yep. narrative we're putting in our heads. But generally people are going to be very kind about it and they're going to go. Well, this is, this is what I'm saying. COVID has changed that. It's made the conversation. Okay. To go, I can't get back to your emails right now. I need a, I need me time. Like there's the COVID has made us realize what is important and your mental health is one of the most important things you need to look after. If you're not looking after your mental health, then you'll need to look after the symptoms of something afterwards. You're so true. Tell me something. Um, have you found it easier the more that you've said no? Have you found it easier to say no? No is a full sentence. <laughs> and the answer, the answer to that is yes. Yeah, 100%. I, um, no is a very powerful word. And um, yeah, it's, it takes a lot to not answer every email, not enter every conversation. Um, tell, tell people that you cannot do something, but once you get there, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good space to be in. Can I tell you though, quickly, I'm still struggling with the nose. I still start my nose with, I'm very sorry, or please forgive me, or I apologize, but, and then I go on to the no. And I've been told that that's really bad. You shouldn't apologize first. You, should you shouldn't say no. It should just be, you just say, you just say no, or you can, I mean, you can be kind. You can say, no, thank you. <laughs> thanks for the offer, but no, thank you. Thanks, but no, thanks. <laughs> okay. There we go. So you have something to do this week. I am going to say no without apologizing first this week. 
I've already, Done. I've already broken that because I've already sent a WhatsApp this morning saying, please accept my apologies, but <laughs> so ah. we're going to start from now, from now, from right now. Right now, right now, right now. Okay, so make us smile. Um, let, let, let's talk about uh, some news. and Because uh, <laughs> I get a lot of them, hey, I get a lot of them. And, and one of the things that I was going to do was I was going to start sending them to people's moms and wives. And then I thought, no, Danny, that's too much. That's too far. Like, you should learn how to respond in a clever way. And then yes. I type back. I type back and then I read it and I reread it and I reread it. And then I just end up deleting it and blocking because I'm just like, I can't be that clever. But there is someone who's super clever and I'm going to steal this. Yeah, well, this is the problem now. Um, she went viral. So I hope these these men, uh, these nasty, nasty men that are sending unsolicited nude photos to people, I hope that they don't catch wind of this because it's so flippin' clever. But um, this woman from North Yorkshire in, in the United Kingdom, her name is Alexandra Curry. She was on Twitter just minding her day um, and she got a, a nude photo in her DMs and her direct messages. And she first freaked out as, I mean, that's not a normal message to get, but then she typed out this reply, which is so clever. This is what it said. Auto reply. We have detected the transmission of unsolicited pornographic images of a potentially illegal nature code 36489-a and your device's ip address has been forwarded to the police department <laughs> pending an investigation if you think this is a mistake reply stop and this guy went on like a rampage going stop 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 and he got so freaked out that he deleted his account <gasps> good i mean not good but good he learns a lesson which is good Good, 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 good. You can't just go around sending nude photos to strangers or even to people you know. <laughs> like, it's just odd. No, you know what? This is what I don't understand, right? I've never understood it because I've never sent one. I have legit never sent a nude, not even to my own husband, because I just don't get it, right? There, There's so much more mystery and excitement when there is a little bit of clothing on and you can kind of imagine it, right? And then you can yeah. like, imagine taking it off. But when you send me a full frontal, which is a really bad angle for anyone in any way, <laughs> it never looks good, and um, or in a mirror, and then I see things that I did never want to see kind of, and then you like send it to me and you were expecting what? What? Exactly. What are you expecting exactly. from me? Are you expecting me to exactly. high five you on like your um, uh, uh, grooming? I don't know. Like, what do you want from me? And then I like, and then you, but then you think about it and you think if you've sent this to me, how many are you sending? Who are you sending them to? And are you doing it for validation almost? Which is I thought most probably. That, I mean, that would sound right. I've heard now... Um, it's called cyber flashing. It gets worse. <laughs> so cyber flashing wow. is it's happening in the first worlds in like London and New York and all the big cities. If you have your airplay on, on your phone, like if you have an Apple and you have airplay, people are just randomly sending nude photos to random. No. It's called cyber flashing. So it's like Omegle used to be when we were younger, but except now they just have access to you all the time. Yeah, I, my, my, I don't actually don't know if mine is on or off. It's on. I've just checked. My airplay's on. Oops, I can send you nudes. Fun. I won't, they won't be mine. They'll be everyone else's that send me nudes. I'll just forward them on to you. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the silence was deafening. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nobody's no, no, no. No, no, no. no. Well, th- this is this is now we have a we have a, a message reply. It's on Good Things Guy. Go and copy that. And if someone ever sends you nudes, you just create sort of your own one. You could even make it um, as specific to go. This has been sent to the Santon Police Station or whatever. <laughs> the Brackband Police Station. Oh, fun. Okay. Um, there is a group of people though that well, there are many groups of people, but this one I want to highlight this week. Um, Meals and Wheels have been doing the most during the lockdown, and you would expect now with it being level one, people are going to kind of like, like lean back a little bit, you know, because things are okay-ish or okay year. But they haven't. They're still doing the most, and I really wanted to celebrate them. So Brent, tell us about Meals and Wheels. So Meals and Wheels, I mean, they do, Meals and Wheels is, um, their charities throughout the world, that Meals and Wheels that uh, are looking after citizens of the world, citizens of the globe. But here in South Africa, um, the amount of people, and I need to get the number out, I think it's they serve 2 million meals a month to more than 12 million hungry South Africans. And they distribute food to more than 700 service points throughout the country. The work that they do is insane. And the only way that they do it is through donations. Aha. Okay. So we can actually help by not even doing anything. We can literally sit on our butts and send a donation and help someone in need. Exactly. I um, I chatted to a friend of mine, uh, Tools, who's, Absolutely fantastic. Love he introduced Danny and I to uh, Operation Hunger mm-hmm. at the beginning of lockdown. And Danny, because of you featuring them on your show, I mean, they served like 3 million meals in that first level five of lockdown. Um, and it was the article on Good Things Guy, but you featuring it on the show. And, and that's the thing, right? If people have even 10 rand, just a 10 rand and you're able to pass it on and you feel in your heart of hearts, it's like your intuition is telling you that this is what you need to do. Then get hold of uh, Meals on Wheels. I think um, it, it would help many South Africans, many. So many. And you know what? Even if it just helps one, um, that one person, you've helped one, you've helped one whole person. And you don't know what that could mean for that person. You don't know if that's the difference between going to a job interview or not, or being healthy or not, or living yeah. today or not. Do you know? So I just think that it's so necessary that we can do that. Brent, all the links, the, all the links are there, right? We can just find them. All there. They're all there. They're all there. Awesome. Brent Lindicu, I love speaking to you on a Monday. Um, now it is just time that we actually see each other in real life, though. In studio. So I must tell you this morning, um, I've updated my phone and it's like got widgets on it now, which is a cool word for like bigger apps or whatever what does it does. What does that mean? I, the, the iPhone had this massive update and basically I've got, I've got three blocks. I, I, I only have one page now. So before my iPhone used to have like seven pages of apps. Yeah. Now it's got my homepage and then it's got something called the app library where everything lives. It's just, yeah. it's intuitive and it follows what you use throughout the day. So like in the morning, how, how crazy is this? Every morning before I start working on Good Things Guy at like half five in the morning, I do my COVID statistics for the day that I just push out oh, onto yes. certain platforms. Yes. And I need a calculator to do that. So now when I open my phone at half past five in the morning, it shows me my calculator. (laughs) 
that's scary but cool. <laughs> yeah, so so that's so th- my whole homepage is full of these widgets that that sort of move and show you things throughout the day. Maybe at midday I normally look at my calendar. So my calendar comes up at the top and then at the bottom it shows me my four most used apps um wow. for that time of day or the place that you're in. So say now when I come back to studio, I'll need I'll need, I don't know, I'll need my camera to take a photo of us. Then that camera will come up um, every time I get into Jack Rand's studio. So it's it's really, really, really clever. But um, this morning, it had a photo of you and me in studio. And I just thought, oh, I miss it so much. Oh, dude. Okay. No, firstly, um, thank you for telling me about the the app upgrade, whatever thingy. Um, I'm going to go and look for that right now because I need my phone to do more, the most for me at this point. Um, (laughs) Although it's just only going to open Instagram <laughs> because that's all. <laughs> Danny on Instagram again. Yeah, Danny on Instagram again. No, it tells me that I've had too much screen time and then I just ignore it. And I think it's going to start shouting at me at some point. When the new app, when the new upgrade comes in, the phone's going to be like, Daddy, no. I've told you. I have spoken. Enough. More. Listen here. Listen nicely now. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay but but um you know facebook reminded me the other day that it was a year ago that we first started i think and how cool um, that is cool that yeah. is cool anyway brenda thank you i love you you must have a beautiful week and we'll catch you oh so for, whoa what's happening tomorrow half past seven on your podcast it's a mutual friend who who's on the podcast tomorrow brenda thank you it's Joe Black. No. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. Joe Black uh, is on tomorrow. We speak about all things good, um, what he's been up to during lockdown, what he's been doing with you. <laughs> and um, it, apparently there's a fish obsession as well. Oh, no. It's like a problem. It's such a problem. But I'm sure, I'm sure he talks about it in depth on the podcast. He does. He does. He does. Yeah. So tomorrow you can visit um, the Jacaranda website and just click on Jackpod and you'll find uh, the podcasts there. Also, last week, because we didn't catch up, Catherine Constantinides, um, she came on to speak about something which was very interesting, which I didn't know existed. It's called long COVID. So she got COVID um, and and the COVID uh, that she got was um, almost deadly. There, there was nights that she didn't think she was going to survive. No. And um, she's been battling with lung problems for 16 weeks now. And she talks very openly about it. It was very interesting. Very interesting. You know, um, on that, someone actually said something about that this weekend, about like you can have it for an extended period of time. Um, yeah. And it can affect you even though you're negative. And I was like, I don't know if I believe this because I don't know where your sources are. Like, are they peer reviewed kind of thing? <laughs> now that it's on the good things guy, like, obviously, this must be. A yeah. Thing. And that's terrifying. That's well, terrifying. she's she's totally candid about it. She she speaks openly about what she's gone through. Um, she's seeing a pulmonologist and um, wow. 16 weeks later. And you can actually hear while she's talking um, her. Her, her breathing is not correct. So it almost goes <sighs> 16 weeks later. You know, I think this conversation was so necessary because with it being level one, 
Um, I went to an event on Friday night. I know a lot of people are, are starting to slowly get back into the swing of things, into the normal yeah. that we were used to. And I just think that we need to be reminded that this is still a real issue. And it is still something that we have to be super cautious about and super cogniz- cognizant of that yeah. we are not putting ourselves at, at risk. Because, I mean, Catherine Constantinides is like the most healthy person in the world. She is. She ran, she ran, that, she ran the West Sahara race Dude. last year. In the middle of a desert. Um, so yeah, it's it's I think it's vastly important, but it's really simple. Whether you believe in COVID or whether you don't, or if you feel like you're over it, there's three simple things that you can do. Wash your hands, keep a bit of physical distance, go out, go and see your friends, go and see your family, but keep that physical space between you guys. And and when you are out in public areas, wear your mask. And it's just respectful to everybody else. And hopefully, if we all think the same like that, then hopefully this can dissipate and it can just leave. And it can leave our world. We don't want it here anymore. No, no, I agree. I'm ready for it. Okay, so listen to Brenda Dickey, please. Because we do not want it anymore. <laughs> and I do not want to go into 2021 the same. Okay? No, no. 2021 needs to be different. Yeah. Brenda Q, have a beautiful week. I love you lots. I love you too. And to all your listeners, only good things.